how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. Twitch just had one of the worst weeks I've ever seen for a platform. Really, really bad. It's tough to have a bad week and be a platform where creators are just live all the time reacting to how bad to your how week bad is. everything's yeah. going. So, yeah. yeah. If you're unfamiliar with it, that's what we're going to talk about. We're live from the house that's burning down. <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about today on the pod. Uh, talk about creators' reactions, our reactions to the news, and talk about the question of, is this the beginning of the end of Twitch? Now, this is also something that we covered in our newsletter, The Published Press. I talk about this quite a bit. If you guys haven't subscribed to The Published Press and you're into the creator economy, I definitely think you'll love The Published Press. You get it three times a week in your inbox, and we break down the latest news in the creator economy and give our perspective on why it matters. So go to thepublishedpress.com, subscribe, and you will get emails. Emails, Colin. Emails? Emails. Was that, did I sell it well or no? Yeah, no, you did. But then I got lost with the email. Like, yeah, are yeah. you angry about the fact that they're emails? Are you happy about Forget it? Forget about you, it. Just okay. subscribe to the press and we will get into the show. And we will show. give you emails. We will give you emails. All right, let's get into the show. All right, let's talk about Twitch. I'd rather not. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about Twitch right now. And I'm so surprised no one's called this a Twitch rate. Twitchuation, oh. you know? Oh, wow. What a crazy Twitchuation this is. It doesn't surprise Nothing. me that no one's called it that. Okay. All right. Yeah. So this week has been a really wild week for Twitch. Actually, it's been an interesting week across all platforms, specifically Twitch and YouTube, but Twitch had a really tough week. Yeah. And it actually started on a bit of a high. Yeah. It's a situation where Twitch ended up banning gambling on the website. Now, if you're unfamiliar with this, like- Why did I just call it a website? I don't know, man. What is but, this, 1995? Do you like websites? Hold on, my modem <laughs> needs to dial up. <laughs> so gambling on Twitch became very popular. And the first time that I came across it was earlier this year, stake.com, which is a crypto gambling website, partnered with Drake. And they had a stake versus Drake where he played against the house and massive amounts of money were wagered in these live streams and they were done on Twitch. And that then felt like it started to influence, you know, not only the viewers, but also other creators uh, to start gambling live on Twitch. Corinna Kopf became sponsored by stake.com. Um, this became a huge business where people were getting large sums of money. And then in turn, you'd have to assume the the viewers, the millions and millions of viewers of these live streams we're starting to gamble on the websites as well. That was obviously the point. It's advertising for gambling. And then, you know, more recently, a popular streamer named Slicker streamed, put a video out where he talked about how he had a gambling addiction and how he's actually scammed a lot of people uh, out of money on Twitch. And we, we find out that it was Hassan Piker, it was Ludwig. Like, there are very popular streamers who were actually scammed by Slicker. And it starts trending on Twitter and all of these streamers come out against gambling on Twitch. Right. And, and 
actually it happened in like a very short window. There was a ton of pressure from creators like Pokimane, Hassan Piker, like everyone was like, let's get gambling banned on Twitch. And there was a huge win at the start of the week where Twitch did it. They said, we're gonna, we're gonna ban these websites like stake.com, Rubet, um, these websites that do you know roulette, dice, all types of gambling. They said, you're not allowed to be on our platform and you're also not allowed to advertise on our platform. They did say that sports gambling would remain. Right, but that's completely fine. I don't know. I don't know. But I think the other, I don't know, whatever it is. Basically, top creators came together to clean up the platform because it wasn't just that a top streamer came out and said that he was addicted to gambling. There were a lot of people coming forth saying that they had, you know, generated gambling addiction problems because of all of the gambling that was taking place on Twitch. And I'd have to also assume when it came to the gambling that the companies were giving the creators the money to gamble. So they weren't even gambling their own money, right? And so it's, it's actually also creating an unrealistic portrayal of the stakes of gambling, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So like if Drake is wagering $60 million with stake.com, it's likely that stake's giving him that money to gamble. You know, and so like it's, it's an unrealistic portrayal of, of what's at stake when you get into gambling. It's your own money that that gets at stake. So I think like this was the right thing for Twitch to do, in my opinion. Yeah, and it was a communication win. Creators rallied together, said they wanted to ban gambling. Twitch responds. People are excited. Creators are excited that the platform is listening to them. Yeah. They they actually, I think Pokemon said like, this is what happens when creators band together and, you know, we can make something happen. But then an announcement comes from Twitch, from the president that Twitch actually is changing how they're going to be monetizing. Now, Twitch creators primarily make money off of subscriptions. Meaning that audiences pay money to subscribe. So typically it's like five bucks a month yep. uh, that they pay to subscribe every month to a creator. So that is like making money on Twitch is you get to, to actually, the audience is paying you and they're paying you on a recurring basis every single month. So when that you know, expands and you have 50,000 fans, that's a really big deal, right? Now, for the most part, more recently, creators who are on Twitch take 50% of that subscription revenue, 50% goes to Twitch. But what ends up coming out in the announcement is that there was actually a lot of special treatment and top creators were taking home 70%. Twitch was taking 30. And in this announcement, the president of Twitch says that now we will be moving to a uniform 50-50 split across all creators. So for top creators who make up the majority of the revenue and viewership on Twitch, they now learn that they're getting a huge pay cut. Yeah, like a 20% pay cut. And I'm sure there's even other variations of this split, mm-hmm. you know, that, that existed. Maybe there was an 80-20 split. Maybe there was 75, right? Like, so there's different types of splits that probably existed that were negotiated for top creators. So let's play this out. You're making a hundred grand a month and you know you're traditionally taking home 70% of that and you know that means you get $70,000 a month and that's huge that gets cut down to 50 you now are taking home $50,000 a month mm-hmm. now of course that sounds like champagne problems for you know top creators but if you have overhead attached to that you built a business you hired editors you have a studio you have you know different things that you're paying for a lifestyle you're paying for a business you're paying for that's a really significant cut. $20,000 a month that is out the door in that scenario and back to Twitch, super significant for creators. Yeah, and what they've told creators is that 
Creators who have that 70-30 split, which is very favorable, they will retain that split for the next $100,000 once this goes in, but then it'll go back to 50-50. Right. So no matter what, basically Twitch is trying to move in a direction where the split on subscribers is 50-50. And the problem here is that create whenever a platform changes something, and this came up in the YouTube announcement too, with YouTube changing their monetization um, or, or how their monetization works on shorts. Whenever a platform changes how they're monetizing, the impact on creators, especially creators today, is, is significant because creators are building businesses. So that means creators have expenses. So when we have expenses that are tied up to this, and you change how we make money, it's really significant. And I, I think, um, you know, what Twitch is clearly trying to do here is A, you know, make more money. There's something about their business model that's not working and they need to make more money, make it more uniform. But they also bumped the revenue share on ads to 55%. Clearly what they're doing is incentivizing creators to run ads. They're saying, they, now you make more money when an ad plays from a percentage perspective. You make more of a percentage of the revenue when an ad plays than when a subscriber subscribes to you. That feels backwards to me. A subscriber subscribing to you, putting their money into your channel, that feels like a really significant thing that the creator did to make that person want to subscribe. And now they make less of a, of a revenue share than when an ad plays and they don't really have much to do with the ad playing. I agree that that is backwards. I do think that these platforms should give uniform rules and shares and splits across all of their creators. It's just a really tough look for Twitch that they're reducing the amount yeah. for the most part, even though it's going up on the ad side. It's a really tough look that, you know, in an effort to make it uniform, they are actually reducing the amount of money for that the top a lot creators. of yeah. the top creators yeah. are making. Right. Like Ludwig yeah. made a great video about this, who we had on the show. Yeah. And he's a top streamer who has moved over to YouTube. And, you know, he said, make everyone 70, 30, figure out a way in your totally. business to, to go to make it a positive headline rather than an apology type of headline. I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, YouTube is 70, 30 on channel memberships on, you know, like when the fans are funding the channel or paying like it's 70, 30, more money goes to the creator. more money goes to the creator. Um, and so you just, you just basically said, go to YouTube, you know, and maybe Twitch is really confident that their live streaming tech is better than YouTube, which Ludwig talks about as well in that. And he talked about that in, in his interview with Susan Mojiki as well. But he, like the, the concept that they went down is, is really significant. And again, I think when we talk about this with YouTube, with Twitch, the problem maybe isn't necessarily the economics of the platform, the problem is the communication to creators. You know, if that's what they need to do, that's what they need to do, but they shouldn't have had, they shouldn't have had special treatment for certain creators. They should have known that at some point a day would come where they might want it to be uniform. And they should have thought about that a little bit and like how it comes across to creators because it comes across that you don't care comes across that you don't care, you don't empathize with creators. But I also think it's difficult for creators to understand because every time one of these things happens, it feels like it comes out of the blue and it reinforces to you that you are building something on rented land. 
Yes. Right. You feel like this is just about the connection of you and your audience. And it's not. There's this huge intermediary that has to cover their costs and make decisions for people who hold stock. Right. Mm -hmm. Like investors in the company. There's so much more at play than just you and your audience. And anything actually can happen, no yeah. matter how stable you feel on any platform. So, yeah, to be 100 percent clear, if you are a creator and you make your money on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. You are not stable. And that's, that's like an honest thing. Like that reality that exists today might change. However your business works, the whole thing might change. It's kind of a wild thing to think about, right? Yeah. And it's unlikely, you know, but I can't say with certainty that what you're doing is 100% stable. I mean, we're building a business on YouTube mm -hmm. because we are putting faith in the, the decisions that yeah. YouTube will make. That's right. Right? That we will trust them when they add shorts as an option, that we will trust them when they decide to monetize it in a certain way, that we'll trust that they will fix it for the better and not make decisions that will hurt us. Mm -hmm. But that may not always be the case. It and every creator is different, so certain decisions will affect creators differently. Yeah, and I, I think the thing to remember is like, we're also utilizing these platforms and we're able to build audiences, right? Like YouTube is a big deal because of discoverability and search. We are able to play into their search algorithm to build an audience. That is how we have built an audience. Now, what we do with that audience, the majority of our money comes off platform, meaning it, it's showcases on here, but what you're, what, what, how we're making our money is through brand sponsorships. Now, the brand sponsorships are there because of the audience we built on YouTube. But a brand sponsorship that we got, let's say someone pays us $10,000, $15,000, goes to YouTube, mm -hmm. right? That's how, that's how brand sponsorship work. YouTube's not asking us for any of that money. We play the brand sponsorship in a YouTube video. We built the audience on YouTube. It's because of YouTube that we could get that business. Yeah. They're not, we're not giving them any of those dollars. So creators who sell merch, creators who sell courses off YouTube, none of that. But the audience YouTube. is built on, on YouTube. So I just, I want to offer the, the inverse perspective platform to creator where it's like the revenue share is a big part of how the creator economy works. But it's not the only part of how the creator economy works and definitely not the only part of how creators make money on these platforms. So we're making a lot of money outside of the bounds of what YouTube or any other platform can take a percentage of. So the percentage that they are taking, like for me, sometimes I look at it and I, I give this advice to a lot of creators, like build a business where AdSense or, you know, Twitch ads are not a factor in what you do because those could change. Everything could change. And I don't know, maybe that's, a, maybe that's a controversial opinion because a lot of creators build their businesses based on AdSense or the money that they get from the platform. I just think you, you, it's, a, it's a scary thing to do because anything can happen. Anything can change. I also think there's trade-offs to every platform. This may cause a lot of people to leave Twitch and start streaming on YouTube. But if you listen to, again, to Ludwig, talk to Susan Wojcicki, the CEO of YouTube, about streaming on YouTube, it's not perfect yet. Right. He brings up the fact that, you know, consumer behavior on YouTube is to watch shorter videos and the competition is right there on YouTube. It's not as, uh, 
you know, on Twitch, Twitch mainly does one thing. Like it's really good at streaming. So audiences show up ready to sit for six hours. On YouTube, you're fighting against short form content now. You're fighting against 10 minute video essays, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's a, there's a draw to attention that you don't have on Twitch. So again, it's not perfect. Yeah. But as a creator, you kind of have to weigh like, what's the best option for me? So let's talk about options for these streamers. So my perspective on this is like a streamer right now is one of the most influential genres of creator, right? Streamers are, are one of the most influential genres of creators out there because audiences are spending six hours with them unedited. Mm-hmm. And that level of intimacy is so powerful. And that's why you're seeing that subscribers, like a subscriber supported business, it can only exist if you have an extremely tight knit audience. Ludwig's podcast, I want to bring this up, is the podcast that he runs called The Yard on Patreon makes almost $200,000 a month. That only happens in a world where audience, the audience is so intimately connected to the creator that they're willing to take out their credit card and pay. And that subscriber-supported business, I think that if I'm Twitch, like the reality is you can probably move those subscribers somewhere else. I mean, we see it on that, that example right there. That's like, that's Patreon. I mean, Ludwig right? even said, you don't grow on Twitch, you grow on other platforms. And, and then, then you bring, bring them, them to, to Twitch. Twitch. But you bring them to Twitch because the live stream, you know, software is better. Essentially, like you're, the live streaming is a better experience on Twitch. A lot of creators have said that. The culture is better. The culture is better. And because of the subscriber model, essentially, the network effect of subscribers, meaning my credit card information is already in Twitch, it's very easy for me to subscribe to Ludwig and then go subscribe to XQC and then subscribe to Hassan and then subscribe to Karina Kauf because my credit card information is already there and I can discover other creators on the same platform. Layer on top of that, Twitch Prime subscriptions, where right. if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, they allot you $4.99 a month basically as a gift out, yeah. of, your Twi- out of your Amazon Prime subscription to become a subscriber of a Twitch channel every month. Yep. Right. So that's like, I think Ludwig called it like free money. It's free money. Yeah. Subsidizing Twitch creators. YouTube doesn't have a version of that. No, YouTube doesn't have like five Google dollars to to spend with us. Right. Google bucks. Google bucks. Google bucks. Yeah. We'll go with Google, Google bucks. Um, so that's, that's a really uh, substantial reason why people are going to Twitch. But I think again, as Twitch as a platform, you have to recognize these creators have built this intimate relationship with their audience that if they do decide, hey, you know what? The top creators, I'm done here. I'm gonna go over to YouTube or I'm gonna go over to Patreon and do my live streams there. Like, yes, it hurts their discoverability, but if you've already built an audience, at this point, you can take your business elsewhere. But according to a lot of Twitch streamers, there's already not great discoverability on Twitch. Right. So what's really the difference? What's the incentive of being on Twitch right now? Just the culture of Twitch? You know, like what, what is it? Cause it feels like right now with, with this move, YouTube has a better revenue share. A lot yeah. of t- like Twitch streamers are making their money on subs. If you have an audience that will wait for you to go to the bathroom yeah. and continue watching, yeah. most likely if you tell them, Hey, I'm going to be on YouTube now instead of Twitch, they'll go. Or do, do, do some of these um, streamers come together and build their own site? I don't know. You know, even, even like a paywalled site. There's tons of live streaming software out there now. You know, do they build a paywalled site where it's 
paid 10 bucks a month and get this bundle or, you know, can Ludwig actually just start his own thing or does YouTube pick up for him in a, in a much more substantial way? That to me feels a little unlikely just because it's such a massive technical undertaking. Fair. And a lot of these top creators are getting exclusivity deals. Yeah. You know, that's true. Creators that make, I guess I'll call them normal videos, just VOD videos on YouTube. They're not necessarily getting exclusivity deals to just post videos on YouTube. That's true. Probably because YouTube's not worried that they're going to go to Vimeo or Twitch. There's nowhere else to really go. Yeah, what is streaming like? Streaming's like radio stations, like it's being a radio host. Streamers are getting deals, uh, which also are gamers. Yeah. Podcasts are getting deals, right, Right, to be exclusive. It's all people who who have intimacy because of extremely long format content, Mm -hmm. right? Like the the people who are who could be in subscriber-based businesses are, I guess, people like us, people who have talk shows where, like, if you look at the top Patreon pages, they're all podcasts, mm. typically. And it's because of the intimacy you develop with the audience. So that that's all to say that I think, like, Twitch, first of all, I think the timing is insane. Why would you go from having a huge win with banning gambling? It, basically, the order of events goes... Twitch has a huge win. They ban gambling. Their, their creators are happy. Twitch, listen to us. We have a say in this platform. The next day, YouTube announces shorts monetization. Creators have mixed reviews. You know, okay, I think that's pretty good. There was a bit of a communication thing. I don't know. You know, whatever. It's kind of like neutral, I would say. Happy. Airing on the side of positive. Positive, a little bit of neutrality. Then Twitch comes extremely negative yeah. news. Why would they do that the next day? Why wouldn't they wait a week? Two weeks. Why wouldn't they think about how they wanted to... Maybe they just have so much pressure. I mean, I don't know. I think it's, yeah, it's just a communication mistake. But how do you I, message that? Again, so like, it's, it's, it's going to be bad news whenever it comes out. I think platforms need to work on how they communicate specifically to their creators. I find that a lot of platforms are communicating in, this, in broad strokes in the same way that they would communicate to the press. And that's fine for the press, but it's not fine for creators. I think you need to host like a town hall because the reality is platform and creator relationships are almost like, they're like small governments Mm -hmm. where us as creators are essentially paying tax, right? In some way to choose to be on the platform. We're able to make a living, but we're also paying some level of a tax. And these people at the top are creating policy. So how do you now build that when both parties need each other and there's policies that are going to really impact how the nation is able to make their living. Yeah. How do you avoid blindsiding your community? I think it's like, I guess, I think there's some level of like a town hall type of thing where they can, like, if Twitch can come forward and be like, here's our problem, you know? But I guess that's just yeah. opening up for chaos. But it's not a democracy. It's not a democracy. <laughs> that's, that's the thing to remember. It's like you join one of these platforms and start making money. You're not in a democracy. Yeah. You're at, you, you are fully renting from a landlord who can make any decision they want. Can continually change the lease. Yeah. And, and in, in the example of Twitch, they're owned by Amazon. And Amazon may be looking at their Twitch mm-hmm. Prime subscriptions and going, I don't think we want to subsidize this anymore. Yeah. So get yourself to a place where we don't need to subsidize your Twitch streamers, right? There's so many things at play. Yeah, that's a big deal. So how does this move forward? Like where do, where, what should creators, what should the Twitch creators do? 
And then what should all creators learn from this? I think that's the important thing to talk First, about. First, I want to acknowledge that I am not a streamer. You're I have not? not. Not, no, not publicly. <laughs> but we do have 502 followers on Twitch, Colin. Yes. Colin explicitly asked me not to say that, well, but I'm going to say it just in case. No, I don't the, know. The reason I Maybe bring we'll that up start is because streaming on Twitch. I don't want to give advice to Twitch streamers necessarily about how to run their business or where to sure. go, right? Because okay, like, I don't have experience with that. That's fair. What I'm witnessing is creators moving to YouTube. And a lot of that is because they're getting exclusive deals to switch over. But what I am happy to see is that a lot of these Twitch streamers, formerly Twitch streamers who are now on YouTube, are very open and honest about the problems that YouTube has as mm -hmm. a streaming platform. They're also honest about what they like about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that open communication, even Susan Wojcicki going on Ludwig, yeah. Ludwig's show, or Ludwig's channel, like, and him being able to air his grievances, he gets to be a now public ambassador for what needs to True. be fixed. And I, it does not seem like Twitch has any culture it's of that. It's a good that. point. I mean, again, we spent, a, we spent last week at the YouTube Creator Summit with YouTube executives. They are very present in the lives of creators. Like, you know what Susan Wojcicki, like how she speaks. Mm -hmm. She shows up on creator channels. She speaks to creators. There's a creator summit where you come together and maybe Twitch has something similar, but like, it doesn't seem like, you know, Emmett Shearer came out and, and talked about this, or even the president of Twitch came out and talked about this. Or even look at Adam Masseri from Instagram. Sure. Right, who it, got it, slammed yeah, it's not when he was coming out making videos about how Instagram is, you know, entirely reels now and photographers were angry yeah. that their photos weren't getting shown. He was not coming out having a real-time discussion with someone who right. has a business based off Instagram right. and was angry, right? Yeah. He's just putting out a message like a politician. I mm -hmm. think the right move from the platform is to actually be with creators and try Agreed. to have the most honest, actual conversation, not something that's scripted. I totally agree with that. I think um, when I look at the prospect of YouTube for creators, I think the reality that it is multi-format and moving in a direction where you look at a channel and you see shorts that are you know 60 seconds, you, you can see a 10 minute video, and a three hour live stream and they can all live on one channel. I think, yes, does that, you know, create this incredible amount of choice that a create, uh, an audience member has to make. But also I think there's different audiences for each of those. Like I'm personally not someone who would sit and watch a live stream, but I like watching Ludwig's clips. Mm -hmm. I also, some creators, I like watching their shorts, right? And so like I, there's specific audience members for each of those formats. The fact that they can live in one place, I think is huge. And I do think we're going to see a lot of these creators who already, all their clips already exist on YouTube. They have, I mean, Hassan Piker and Ludwig and XQC and, and all these people, they have massive audiences on YouTube. You know, granted Ludwig is, is with YouTube, but the creators who aren't, they, they very much exist on YouTube. So I think the opportunity is to be on YouTube. And I think, you know, you shouldn't really, as you get to a certain level of a creator, you shouldn't really be just on one platform because of this. When you start, I do think you need to kind of go all in on one platform. But as you grow, as you have more money, as you can as like hire more team, I think this exact thing is the reason why you need to be spread out across different platforms. You know, and I think you should make, I'm very pro YouTube, but I think you should make YouTube your central hub because they've been the most stable, you know, out of all of them, they're the best at communication, the best at creator empathy and Right now, they're the best at hosting multiple different formats on a single channel. 
I agree with that. I do think it's to be determined if everything can live in one home. Sure. Can you actually be the best at everything? Yeah. Just because even as Ludwig brought up again to Susan, like one of his concerns about streaming on YouTube is that viewer behavior on YouTube is to watch shorter videos. Even if those videos are 20 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is. Like again, Twitch had that culture of sitting for three hours and it'll be interesting as shorts become a bigger part of YouTube. Can you really have a place where viewer behavior can be 15 seconds it can be five minutes, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. or four hours. Yeah. I don't know. What would you do in this situation? Like, let's say you're in the Twitch boardroom, or I guess the, not the boardroom, but the executive room. You're sitting in Twitch. What do you do now? Like, now creators are mad. You've already made this announcement. What do you do now? It feels to me like what happened was, like what happens in the NBA when a team has a bunch of old players and the yeah. season doesn't yeah. go well. And so they let them all go and they bet on the future. Mm. I wonder if that's what's going to happen for Twitch. And that's the strategy they're going to take. Like, okay, we're losing some of these top streamers. YouTube is going to take them. But what about, what if we were to invest in the younger streamers right now and give them exclusivity deals who know nothing else but the 50-50 deal that they were given? And are like, yeah, I'm okay with that. I would say you have to keep Twitch Prime subs. You have to. You get rid of Twitch Prime subs and all of a sudden the culture is gone of like, that's free money for these creators, essentially. Yeah, you, you cannot go back on your what you just did. Like, yep. they cannot go back and say, okay, our bad, we see it. Here it is, okay, 70, 30, it. everyone, yeah. yeah. So I think you, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that of like a sports team where you're clearing out the veterans and saying, we just gotta, we just gotta rebuild now. Yeah. We gotta rebuild on the young. Like, is there assumption that there's, there's such a big crop of aspiring creators that even if the top creators leave, they'll be okay? Yeah. That's so interesting. Maybe they're saying, all right, we're going to bet on Gen Z and what's yeah. next. Like we've like, it's all good. We've gotten what we, you know, what all we could get from, you know, these big streamers. Um, and the reality is if they leave, it's okay. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I think if I'm Twitch and like, I'm confident in this decision, I'd probably do a call or some type of in-person with some of the top streamers as well as some up and coming ones and explain the perspective with more nuance that you can only do in a closed door scenario. Yeah, I think closed door scenarios where you're bringing creators in with executives are incredibly important to the future of, of, of all of these platforms because you want their voice heard. And my experience with all the platforms is that anyone who's running a platform, let's say YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, they have little to no experience or understanding of what it's like to be a creator. Mm-hmm. None, right? Does Twitch have a creator liaison like YouTube? I don't know, but that person should probably be on phone calls and in the room with a bunch of Twitch creators to learn and to explain to them the business problem that Twitch is facing that made them do this. It's like the head of player relations for a yes, sports league. You need that. Right? We are, this is like the, let's keep going on the sports thing. Cause I do think this is kind of like, this is like an NFL situation where mm-hmm. there's like an NFL players association. You've got your top players, you have your top players who are a part of that. Like remember when we were younger, it was, um, God, Derek Fisher. Oh yeah. Derek Fisher uh, from the Lakers was like the rock for the players. And he did all the negotiations for the players. And maybe we're pushing in a direction of like a union, like a player's union. Is there a creator's union that binds together? I think one of the biggest problems that happened was that Twitch showed all the creators in the beginning of the week, 
that they had a say over the platform. They wanted gambling banned. Mm -hmm. It got banned. And then they followed up by saying, you have no, you actually have no say. Remember, we're the platform. We're actually going to hurt you where it yeah. hurts the most. Hurts the most. We're yeah. going to reduce your, your cut here. Yeah. Um, so they just did this thing where like the storytelling was really off. It was like, you have no say in what happens uh, on this platform. But right before that, you had a say. So I think that was their, that was their problem. And I do think probably each platform should have a creator liaison or a creator association where the, the creators can meet mm -hmm. and come forth to the platform and say, this is, this is what we want as creators. We'll see. The verdict is out, but I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. The thing I love about Twitch creators is how vocal they are. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like whenever something happens with Twitch, I know so much about it because you, you can hear the whole story across all the creators. They're live so often yeah. that they're the least filtered. Least filtered. Like Ludwig, even at the Creator Summit, like when he was on stage, he's the most open, honest, transparent, least filtered guy. And I, I love that about him. Um, I will say that I think creators should really explore off-platform revenue. It's something we're looking at too, right? Like what, how are you, when you get to a certain point, how are you able to build a business that exists outside of the bounds of the money that's made on the platform? That might mean an apparel business, right? Can you, do you have a merchandise business that can, can actually spread and be successful beyond, um, you know, the content? Do you have something we're talking about and thinking about as a course business where people can take the courses and, you know, yes, it's promoted through YouTube, but the money is transacted somewhere else. Like I do think the opportunity and the important thing to safeguard yourself against how platforms are going to change is building businesses that are diversified and outside of the bounds of what the platform can, you know, control. Yeah, and that, you and don't not, have control over the platform. You and don't. That's, that's not to say you need to build the next Chamberlain Coffee or Mr. No. Beastburger or yeah. anything. It's just with the current audience that you have. Yeah. Uh, are there products, services that are valuable to them? Even Patreon, right? Is it like, do you just hedge your bets across multiple different revenue streams and platforms? So don't just be a fully 100% ad supported business. Don't just be a sub supported business. Don't just be an apparel business. Like figure out a way to be across a few things as your audience grows. That's like the biggest piece of advice. We'll see. Is this the mass exodus of Twitch? We'll find out. I'd be curious to hear other thoughts. Again, Colin and I are not on Twitch. So people who are streaming on Twitch, what are you guys thinking about? Let us know. Put it on Reddit and uh, we'll see you next week. Right.